What lady is that which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight? Next Chapter Podcast presents the play on podcast series, Romeo and Juliet. She doth teach the torches to burn bright. With original songs and music in a made-for-the-soundstage podcast. From Cupid's quiver, courage, I'll Have not saints' lips and holy palmers, too. Translated into modern English verse by Hansel Jung. I, pilgrim, lips that they must use in prayer. Hear Shakespeare's tragedy about two star-crossed lovers as you've never imagined it before. You kiss by the book. Adapted from the acclaimed Nat Cohen Two River Theater production. Can I move forward when all my heart is here? Go to playonpodcast.com to learn more. And remember, violent delights have violent ends. Hello! Welcome to Virtual Storytime with Brooklyn Public Library! I am Shanita, and I'm a school outreach librarian here, and I'm so excited to share story time with you. How about we start with an opening song? It goes like this. If you're ready for a story, clap your hands. If you're ready for a story, clap your hands. That's Shanita Fryson, a children's librarian, doing something she's done for many years, running a library story time. The only difference is this one is happening on Facebook Live. Yes, we did have friends tune in and some people were commenting while I was telling the story, which was really exciting to me because it reminds me, oh, people really are interacting on social media. And so to be able to use social media for something that's so positive really makes me excited. If you're ready for a story, say, I'm ready. If you're ready for a story, say, I'm ready. As of right now, all the branches of the three library systems in New York City, that's Brooklyn Public Library, Queens Public Library, and the New York Public Library, they're all closed until the end of March because we are experiencing a coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak in New York, and this was the best way we could think to keep our community safe. That said, a lot of libraries around the country are ramping up their digital offerings, and Brooklyn is no exception. Now a lot of our friends are staying in more because we're trying to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. So so this is a great opportunity to help friends to continue to enjoy the joy of reading while staying healthy. I also just want to say to our own BPL workers, a huge thank you and that you have our appreciation and admiration. There are so many staff who are still going to our branches to keep things in working order while the buildings are closed to the public. You know, that includes cleaning and hanging up signs. So to our public safety officers and our custodial staff, we really appreciate you. Um, And just in general, I want to give a big shout out to all library workers everywhere during this pandemic. Yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, our own librarians, as soon as they found out we were closed, jumped right in to start creating virtual programming, not just the story times, but a bunch of other things that, you know, we hadn't even thought of. So getting this virtual storytelling up and running today, by the end of this week, we're going to have a whole bunch more stuff going on that patrons can connect with. And the thing that I thought was really sweet, you know, the virtual story time is is still going to be happening at 11 a.m. because, you know, librarians are going to miss those kiddos running in the door at 11, as they always do. So they decided we're going to stick to 11. And for some of the branches, it's going to happen twice a day. So you're going to be able to check out all of the virtual programming on our website. And we're going to put a link to that in our show notes. Um, And Krista, we should acknowledge that our voices sound a little bit different today, don't they? (laughs) 
<laughs> so we are calling each other remotely and recording it remotely. A lot of New Yorkers are right now using technologies, you know, in ways they're not necessarily used to doing every day just to keep people safe and to keep themselves safe. So we're talking to each other on the phone. I'm not sitting across from a table from Adjoa like we usually are. Um, and I'm at home uh, and so is my toddler. So we actually had to delay recording this for about half an hour while my toddler figured out what he was going to sing for his naptime lullabies in his crib. And uh, we, <laughs> I did a little recording, and we're going to play it for you right now. Just some audio delight. Super adorable. You know, it's always good to have variety in the naptime lineup. Um, and because we know that a lot of you are also staying home or having to entertain kids who are out of school, we're going to spend this episode talking about how you can access free library resources at home. New Yorkers, we have not abandoned you. Um, and as Krista said, you know, just continue to visit our website, www.bklynlibrary.org, um, and check up on our online calendar for all of these virtual programs and all of our digital resources. Yeah, and you know, you can check out ebooks wherever you are, as long as you've got an internet connection and a smartphone. We partner with Libby, which is one of our favorite apps for ebooks, L I B B Y, and also Cloud Library. Both of them are essentially passing through your library card information and giving you a huge wealth of ebooks and also e audio. So all you need is your barcode and your pin, and everything that you want to read can probably be found there. And we know ebooks can be a little tricky if you've not used them before. So we, I also want to say, as part of the marketing team, you can add us on social media and we will help you figure it out. You can also call our call center, 718-YOUR-BPL or 718-968-7275. We are going to help you get your ebooks on your phone or on your Kindle. And if you're looking for books to read that put the coronavirus outbreak in context, Emma Carbone, one of our Y librarians, made a book match list on that very topic. Our producer, Virginia, spoke to her earlier. And just be sure to check out Libby or Cloud Library to see if those titles are available. And if all else fails, show some love to your local bookstore, check in with them and see if they're doing any deliveries. Thanks so much for coming in, Emma. Um, and I hear you've put together a book list on putting the COVID-19 outbreak in context. Yes. So I put together a list with some children's, young adult, and adult nonfiction titles. So if you have younger uh, children in your life and are looking for an interactive read, Do Not Lick This Book uh, is a little harrowing because it's all about germs, which is a lot right now, but it's also a really interesting way to introduce the idea of you know, germs and touching shared objects with a look at the world through the eyes of Min the Microbe. Oh and also it's very interactive, sort of like Press Here by Hervé Toulet, so it has a lot of elements to engage with in addition to this important information, like if you're sharing an object, don't lick it, even if you might really want to. And, you know, some good common sense advice. Yeah, that's a great book. Thank yeah. you. Um, and then also, I think it's really important with the way this coronavirus is spreading and how it's really not tied to any specific population. You know, it's important to just 
have some mindfulness about how you're engaging with other people. So Terrible Typhoid Mary by Susan Campbell Bartoletti is another interesting one. Mm. Um, It tells the story of Mary Mallon, who is more widely known as Typhoid Mary, and supposedly, you know, patient zero for this typhoid outbreak, but that may not actually be the case. So Bartoletti explores if Mary actually existed and looks at her in historical context, but also how, because of her position in society as a working class woman and as a woman in general at the time, she was positioned to be sort of a scapegoat for a lot of this stuff that had very little to do with her and was more, you know, a societal issue as this outbreak began to spread. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that typhoid Mary wasn't maybe the cause of a lot of that disease. Yeah, so definitely there's a lot to find on this list. But the other thing I would recommend is Fever Year, The Killer Flu of 1918 by Don Brown, which is a graphic novel exploring what created the pandemic situation in 1918 and why it was so deadly. And also explores how modern science can contextualize that moment. And I think that contrast particularly while we're facing our own pandemic moment is really valuable to keep in mind and explore further. Um, And while we know that not everyone will want to read about (laughs) historical pandemics, some people will be curious and will help them put this um, current virus in context. I also wanted to know, is there a feel-good book that you always return to when you're stressed or in a time of stress? Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I read it as a print book, but I've also heard great things about the audio. If anyone wants to request that from the library, it has a full cast production, which is unusual. And the book follows the meteoric rise and very sudden fall of this band, Daisy Jones and the Six. And it's written in a transcript format as an oral history with all the characters. And also for any music lovers out there. It's inspired by the true story behind the band Fleetwood Mac and the production of their album Rumors. Nice. Um, My favorite book that I read when I'm stressed out is Calvin and Hobbes. And so that's also accessible to very young readers. And I checked and you can um, check out a lot of them from BPL. Um, BPL has a lot of those comics. Yeah, they're very popular. Nice. Um, Well, thank you so much, Emma. I really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you for having me. And I hope these books are helpful recommendations for people. I like that last question, the feel-good read. It's a pretty stressful time out there. So, Adjua, what, uh, do you have a particular book you turn to when you're stressed? So, I don't know if I have a particular stress read. I mean, I, I tend to do other things to sort of de-stress, but as I was looking at my, you know, home library, um, the book the book that made me chuckle and remember good times was uh, The Adrian Mole Diaries by Sue Townsend. I read that like a bunch when I was a teen and like obviously very angsty um, and often at home because I didn't have much of a social life. So The Adrian Mole Di- Diaries by Sue Townsend. Um, Krista, how about you? Well, I like that you went um, you went down to the YA for the comfort, for the comfort food. Um, so I, I also would never have said before this weekend that I had, quote, a comfort read. Um, but I did have so much time on my computer this weekend because we were in crisis comms mode that on Sunday night, I really just needed just like words on a page and, and to put, like throw my phone across the bedroom. And I walked to the shelf and I found this gorgeous copy 
of Here is New York by E.B. White, uh, which my husband gave me, I think, when we got married. And I'm not even kidding. I flipped to a page where he talks about pandemic, (laughs) which was a little bit not – I was not expecting to then be thinking about it. But he said – Mass hysteria is a terrible force, yet New Yorkers seem always to escape it by some tiny margin. They sit in stalled subways without claustrophobia. They extricate themselves from panic situations by some lucky wisecrack, and they meet confusion and congestion with patience and grit. I just was like, oh, okay, E.B. White says this is going to be fine. Um, I mean, I'm still isolating in my house, but it's nice to know that we're going to come through this with like a modicum of, uh, of grace and grit. So... That's what I did. That's really funny. Actually, the when I opened the book on page like three of the book, Adrian's talking about how his mother has just got the flu <laughs> and how that means he's going to have to like look after oh, both no. his mother and I guess his grandfather. And he was like, just my luck. So I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this, this is good. And it's, you know, it's like little diary entries, which is perfect for time, you know, times of reflection as these are going to be. So true. <laughs> Okay, so we just covered checking out books from home, but there are lots of other resources you can access without ever visiting a library branch, right, Krista? Yes, which, you know, on normal days is not something we encourage. We want you to come to our branch, but we have been hard at work on the marketing team in particular, putting together a list of all of our favorite online resources and databases and services. So two of my favorites that I want to mention, the first one is Press Reader, which lets you access all of today's newspapers from around the world. And, you know, a lot of that still could be behind a paywall. Press Reader will get you there the day that it's published. And another one that I think is great is Flipster. There are a ton of magazines in Flipster. There's the Rolling Stone. There's People Magazine if you just want just nonsense escape into the world. I'm pretty sure the New Yorker is in there, which, you know, is always behind a paywall. There are a ton of magazines in Flipster, which is great. And if you're a teen or you're still in school, you can also access free practice tests online with your library card. I know, I know, super fun. But you can practice the SAT or the TASC exam, which is the high school equivalency test. And if you have a kid in elementary or middle school, they can practice for standardized tests too while they're stuck at home. All of those practice exams are on a free resource called Learning Express Library. And we also have Mometrics, which is an e-reader app that lets you have study guides for all those tests. So even before you need to start taking practice tests, we've got study guides that you can look at on the computer or on an e-reader, which is great. So all of those things that Adju and I are talking about, Mometrics, Learning Express Library, Press Reader for the newspapers, Flipster for your magazines, all of that is on our website. And we're going to put links to some of our favorites in the show notes. And there are dozens more. And so all you need is your library card number and your pin. And there you are off to the races. So we've covered virtual services and programming for babies, kids, teens, adults. But what about older adults? Listeners might have a parent or grandparent who is at greater risk of getting sick because of their age or medical condition. They might be at home looking for things to do, but maybe aren't able to use the internet or read ebooks. The library has got a service for those folks too. It's called Books by Mail, and all three New York City library systems have this service. Your loved one can pick up a phone or get pen and pencil and fill out a form to request the books, and the books get sent to them in the mail. 
we don't just do books either. We do audiobooks, we do large print, we even do DVDs. It's an amazing service specifically for people who are homebound because of age or disability. And actually in our very first episode, we talked about that service at Brooklyn Public Library. So we're going to play a section from that episode now. We have approximately, I'll say maybe 10, 15 regulars that call regularly. And um, some, you don't understand what they're saying because of uh, whatever illness they may have had that caused their speech to slur. Usually they give it to me because I decipher the voices and what they're saying. Judith Blaze coordinates the Books by Mail and the Books to Go services. She sits at a desk covered in letters from patrons. Sometimes the letter is a request for the latest James Patterson novel, or it's a newspaper clipping for a political history book that the patron wants to read. A good portion of Judith's day is spent on the phone talking to patrons. Usually it's about a book they want to read or an interesting fact they came across in a book, but sometimes the phone call is more personal. Some just tell us, it's my birthday. (laughs) I just want to say it's my birthday. I'm 99 years old. And you're like... And they're like, congrats! And then they get excited and then send them a little card or something and they enjoy it. Most of the patrons that use books by mail are homebound. By Judith's count, the age range of the patrons is from 17 to 104. But it's not just about the books. Judith says a big part of the service for some of her regulars is that personal interaction over the phone. The biggest difference, of course, is you don't see their faces, um, but you can hear in their voices that the urgency of whatever it is they're looking for. Um, I would get calls for, I want to know more about Alzheimer's. Not that I have it, but I just want to know more information about it. You know that they're going through some kind of trauma, and as much information as you can get them on that topic, they would appreciate it. And they'll end up personalizing. Well, I know somebody who's going through, and and it's just a conversation. It's the ability to be able to relate to somebody or to help somebody, um, which is basically what a librarian does, is you help the patrons. Judith's small team of librarians in the basement of New Utrecht Library preside over the biggest collection of large print books in the BPL system. There are audiobooks, too, and movies. Since most of their patrons are seniors at home or at senior centers around Brooklyn, Judith and her team try to order books and movies that they think the seniors will enjoy in the format that's going to be the most accessible to them. But sometimes their patrons surprise them. When Fifty Shades came out, I didn't think I would get requests, so I passed on purchasing both the book. And when the movie came out, I passed on it. And then the calls started coming in, and they were hushed. Do you have that book, Fifty Shades? And I'd go, why do you want the book? Listen, I lived been there, done that. I just want to know what the book is about. And then all of a sudden there was an onslaught. Well, do you have it in large print? Can I get the large print version? And it made me go, wait a minute. And then I had to think. They lived. (laughs) Why do I think, like, they didn't have that life before? It's not new. For Judith, book circulation is intensely personal. Having a book in your hand for free from anywhere in the library system is not something she takes lightly. This world can be a little cruel towards seniors. So if I can give them 
what they enjoy. And, and if it's in a book, an escape tool from where they are, I'm going to do it, you know. And hopefully when I get older, somebody will think of me that way and do the same for me, you know. And that's, I think, one of my biggest motivations, you know, just being able to help somebody else and, you know, and hope that, you know, later on down the line, you know, it was worth it. So that was our former co-host, Felice Bell, and me back in March of 2019 when we launched the podcast. And Books by Mail is still going strong. I will say, thanks to the outbreak, it might take a minute for Judy and her team to get back to their desk to send out more books. But if we know them, they are dedicated. So we're still going to put a link to that resource in our show notes. And that's a reminder that this is for older folks who are homebound because of medical conditions. So make sure you or your loved one actually fits that category before applying for the service, particularly now. Hey, Krista. Yeah. You know what else you can do while you're at home? No, tell me. You can fill out the census. The census starts this week. Every household will receive a census mailer. That's Jeffrey Weiss, an adjunct professor at New York Law School and head of the New York Census and Redistricting Institute. He's been working with the public libraries in New York City, as well as with about 200 other community organizations on New York Counts 2020. Uh, We're asked to open the envelope, read it. Uh, You'll see a 12-digit unique code, a 12-digit number assigned to your household. Uh, Go to a census website or go to the telephone and respond as soon as you can because early direct response from each household is quick, it's accurate, it avoids delays, especially if coronavirus or other things come into play. Uh, We want to make sure people are counted early, are counted once, and are counted accurately. That's right. This is not just cabin fever talking. This is really exciting. You can go fill out your census right now. You're going to log on to 2020census.gov to start the process. It only takes 10 minutes. And then in two weeks, we're going to have a whole episode on how important the 2020 census is, how libraries are involved, and how you can help spread the word. And there are so many more online resources that you can access with our library card. Two others that we want to mention before we go are Mango Languages, which helps you learn a new language. There are 72 different languages in there. And there's also a great resource called Little Pim so that your kids can learn a new language while they're at home too. And one more plug, uh, BPL library card holders can also access lynda.com. It has thousands of tutorials on learning new digital skills like audio editing programs if you want to make a podcast or learning graphic design tools and coding and just a ton of cool stuff. BARD is brought to you by Brooklyn Public Library and is hosted by me, Adwa Aduse, and Krista Corbett-Kavoras. You can find a transcript of this episode at our website, bklynlibrary.org slash podcast. BARD is produced and written by Virginia Marshall with help from Fritzi Bodenheimer, Jennifer Prophet, Meryl Friedman, and Robin Lester-Kenton. Our music composer is Billy Libby. Borrowed will be back in two weeks. Until then, find us online, wash your hands, and be well. And don't touch your face. And practice social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Borrowed listeners. 
If you live in New York City and love the public library, we need your help. This past fall, our public libraries sustained deep mid-year cuts that forced an end of seven-day service and reduction of our materials and programs. We're now facing more budget cuts for the coming fiscal year. Libraries across the city stand to lose $58.3 million in funding. If these cuts are not reversed, we may have to reduce materials and programming yet again, including further reductions to our days of service. As many as half of all New York City libraries would be open only five days a week. The good news is you can help. Send a letter to city leaders telling them that you support the library. It's easy. It only takes 30 seconds and you can do it now. If you live in Brooklyn, go to BKLYNlibrary.org slash standup, all one word, to fill out the form. If you live in any of the other boroughs, you can send a letter on behalf of Queens Public Library or New York Public Library. Learn how at investinlibraries.org. Thank you so much for your support.